the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave. Welcome, everybody. Of course, we are in the studio. Heidi is with us. She's controlling the board and everything else, including me. You can't see the strings, but they are above me. We have a lot to talk about today. Today is a big day in the state of Arkansas. First of all, a conduit for action. Our good friends, it's a political organization that supports conservatives. And that's what we are, conservative. And so Condor for Action is going to be calling in today, but it's a big day in general related to Conduit for Action here in Arkansas because because Conduit for Action gives out its uh, annual awards uh, for conservative values of legislators today. That event is taking place this evening, in fact. We're going to have Conduit on the show, and we're going to have uh, virtually all of the winners. There's about a half dozen or so winners of that award, and, and we'll list them. I just don't remember the, the exact number offhand. Uh, and we're going to have virtually all of them on the show. A couple couldn't make it, but other than that, the remainder, or I should say the uh, cream, however you want to call it, will be on today's show. So today's show will be much like every other show, which is all conservative all the time. And I'm very much looking forward to those discussions. I'm very much looking forward to having shared with us. I'm going to be, in large respects, part of the audience in this regard. The views, thoughts of Conduit for Action, as well as the elected representatives. Uh, I think we're having all state senators, in fact. Let me pull up my list here of the folks who are scheduled uh, um, to, to join us. And it's really an impressive group, I must say. And so uh, we have, oh, bear with me, I apologize. This is what happens when you do it live on the air. But, of course, we got Kim Hammer. Kim Hammer has his own show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. That's on Saturdays at noon. Kim's going to be joining us. Uh, Alan Clark, the chair of the Judiciary Committee, uh, I served many lifetimes ago in Washington, D.C., uh, on the Senate, uh, the, the to be clear, the uh, federal Senate, the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee uh, as a council. Uh, our good friend Dan Sullivan is going to be calling in as well. Dan is going to join us uh, for an extended time because he will serve <clears throat> both as guest uh, and listener and perhaps co-host when some of the other callers 
in call in. Uh, so Dan, hopefully, uh, will be joining us for a longer period of time. And then, of course, uh, Senator Ben Gilmore. Dan and Ben are both uh, new, shall we call, senators. Uh, I say new in, in that sense. I put it in quotes for you all because these are well-established political veterans, uh, but they are new to the Senate. And that's a wonderful thing because they brought two new conservative voices to the Senate and they brought more conservatism, meaning each of them replaced less conservative, if conservative at all, and we won't get into that at least for the moment, voices in the Senate. And that's what we're going to continue to do as our Kansans. And I'm going to do my little part to assist in that. We're waiting on uh, Chris Corbett to come in, meaning he's not late. He He's uh, scheduled to come in at some point uh, in the uh, half hour. And he, as is usually the case, will be joining me when I co-host. Folks, I do want to talk a little bit, shall we call it a public service announcement, so to speak, about the COVID vaccine. I was vaccinated. I was one of the earliest in the state to be vaccinated because I qualified to be early vaccinated because I I teach because I'm a, a college professor and they put us in a higher category and and we can discuss debate whatever you want whether uh, that was deserved at least relative to me I won't speak on anybody else's behalf uh, but when they were giving it out I took it and I did so happily first and foremost I need to emphasize that the decision to take the COVID vaccine is yours and yours alone. The state should not be telling you what to do, meaning the state should not be mandating what you do. With that said, we can have a conversation about whether it's a good idea to take the COVID vaccine. Now, I took mine and I took mine early, so you can deduce, but I will equally share with you that I think it's a good idea to take the COVID vaccine. Now, are there exceptions? There are always exceptions, folks. To every rule, I don't care what you call a rule, every rule has an exception. But as a general matter, is it a good idea to take the COVID vaccine? The answer to that question is yes. But, but, but Rob, you see there, there are side effects for some people. Yeah. But here's what you need to balance. The risks of the vaccine, and there are a few, albeit very small, versus the risk of catching COVID. In other words, you're in the game. If I gave you two dice and told you to roll those dice, and I said you could pick any combination of numbers uh, to win, one combination to win and one combination to lose, you should pick seven to win and two to lose. Why? Because seven comes up much more often. The way, because there's one through six on each die, and then you have more options to reach seven. You only have one option to reach two. Each of the die has to land on the number one. So the odds of rolling a seven are much higher. You're in the game. You have to roll a dice. Well, go for the seven. So, well, Rob, sometimes a two comes up. That's right. But since you don't know ahead of time and you're in the game, which one are you going to pick? Pick the seven. That analogy applies to taking the COVID vaccine. The odds of, uh, uh, the risk, I should say, of catching COVID, whatever that risk, well, Rob, it's not that high risk of dying. Okay, okay. The risk of, Um, uh, complications or problems associated with COVID are higher than the risks associated with the vaccine. So I recommend taking the vaccine. If after analyzing the issues, you decide not to, so be it. That's your 
decision to make and nobody should be mandating it. They can recommend. That's what I just did. But nobody should be mandating it. That's the difference between conservative and leftism. Leftism, they know what's good for you. Now, I believe I know what's good for me. And I do believe I know what's good for most people relative to the vaccine. But that I believe that doesn't make me your master. Doesn't make me your controller. That's the important dichotomy here. Meaning, there is a view about the science. I have a view about the science. And I think the science is relatively well settled, in fact. So let me make a few more comments. One. The, the the vaccine has some risks. The disease has more risks. The vaccine doesn't always work. Oh, well, why are you getting the vaccine? If, if People, you know, why are you still worried about getting sick if, if you got the vaccine? Well, because the vaccine doesn't always work. It just works better than if you didn't get the vaccine. That's all. That's all. I get the flu shot. Flu shot's not, flu shot's much less effective, by the way. You don't have to get the flu shot if you don't want to get the flu shot. So please, folks, a good friend of mine just caught COVID. I hope he'll be fine. And I I think he'll be okay in the long run. But uh, it's not pleasant. And it could be worse than unpleasant. If you had COVID already, the need for the vaccine is reduced, not eliminated. And I'm not an expert on this because I haven't had COVID and I haven't investigated all of the facts yet. But if you've had COVID, then the need for the vaccine is reduced. But if you haven't had COVID and you haven't had the vaccine, it's my personal recommendation that you can ignore. But it's my personal recommendation that you go out and you get the vaccine. I got the Pfizer. I would get the Pfizer or the Moderna. I think the two shot vaccine is better than the Johnson and Johnson, but I know plenty of folks who got the Johnson and Johnson. If and if you prefer the Johnson and Johnson, knock yourself out. One benefit, of course, of the Johnson and Johnson is you only get one shot. Now you could always get the Pfizer and Moderna, just one of the shots, and not go back for the second. I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that. But uh, the one shot distinction is a little bit artificial. But get anyone you want. That's my recommendation. If you think. I don't know what I'm talking about. Or after assessing what I've talked about, you still make a different decision. Knock yourself out. That's okay. That's America. That's freedom. I mean that. This is not jingoism. This is a real notion in America. You have a right to make your own decisions. Uh, And indeed, you have a right to make your own decisions, even if I think they're bad decisions. Because guess what? Here's a little secret. I know plenty of people who think decisions that I make are bad and and darn tootin', I don't want them controlling my decision-making. They're usually leftists. Leftists thinks, think that my decisions often are kooky. Why? Because they're conservative decisions. They are. You know me. So if I don't want the left controlling me, I've got no problem with other people saying, I don't want you, Rob, or anybody else controlling me as well. I agree 100%. So right before we go to break, I want to emphasize this point. This is your decision and your decision alone. But know this, this, the risks associated with catching COVID are higher than the risks associated with taking the vaccine. 
So if you're a gambler and you're in the game and you must be because you live on the planet, I recommend taking the vaccine. Should we go to break, Heidi? Let's do it. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave this Friday morning. It's a pleasure to be with you folks this morning. We've got a big day today. We've got a big morning and a big day. Conduit for Action's going to be calling in. Also, all not all, but almost all of the winners of Conduit for Action's uh, awards for political bravery, conservative values will be calling in today. And so we're going to have some very nice conversations with some very good, smart folks uh, here who represent all of you uh, in the legislature. And that's wonderful because that's where the rubber roots meets the road, folks. Uh, we get things done in the state legislature with the governor, meaning uh, state politics uh, impacts our lives far more on a day-to-day basis than federal politics do. And so that's why I like to focus on those issues. I, I very much enjoy talking with our Uh, elected representatives in the U.S. Congress, don't get me wrong, but uh, if you want to know what's going to matter today for you, uh, that's state politics. Frankly, the biggest issue for us federally, and our elected representatives are absolutely solid on this, is taxes, because the federal taxes still do overwhelm us compared to state taxes, and so having such conservative elected representatives in Congress, as we do, is very important to hold the line on taxation. And unfortunately, with a Democratic president and Democratic uh, Congress right now, uh, that's a difficult task. But we'll see what happens. I'm going to change topics for a moment. We've only got a few more minutes in this segment. I might carry over this topic. We'll see. Folks, during the last legislative session... Uh, the legislator pa- legislature passed, and of course the governor signed, a very important bill written by Bob Ballinger. As you know, in Arkansas, we support Second Amendment rights, meaning the government does, the legislature does, the governor, the governor does, and the people do. Are there exceptions? Sure, the lefties don't. The lefties don't support your right to carry firearms. That right, of course, is recognized in the Constitution. It's the Second Amendment. And that right is one given to us by God. Well, God told you that there's a right to carry a gun? No, no. What is clear is that God has designed us in a way that we defend our existence. And we've developed a means to do so and that is carrying firearms. And so uh, conservatives support this God-given right. By the way, you don't believe in God? All right, knock yourself out. Uh, Then look to the Second Amendment. Of course, there's an analog here, meaning a comparable provision in the Arkansas state constitution as well. I call them both Second Amendment rights, albeit the one in the Arkansas Constitution is not the Second Amendment. It's a different number, and I don't even remember what number it is. So the system by which we can carry guns in Arkansas varies. Uh, It's generally understood, but there is some exception to this notion, so be careful, that 
open carry, what's also known as constitutional carry, is legal. I highlight for you, however, that not all of law enforcement subscribes to this view, so you take some risk if you carry openly without a license. With a license, you're not supposed to carry openly either, by the way, because it's concealed carry license. But I just point out to you that I that most folks subscribe to the notion that you may carry openly without any licensing. Of course, if you are not otherwise prohibited from carrying a firearm like you're a convicted felon. Now let's talk about concealed carry. In Arkansas, you can get a concealed carry license. You've got to take a class. You've got to take a test. You've got to pay a fee. And then you get, hey, you, if you pass the test, you take the class, pay the fee, pass the background check, you get a concealed carry license. Known by the acronym CCL, concealed carry license. You can get a step up in the concealed carry license. That's known as an enhanced concealed carry license, ECCL. That's another class, another test, another fee. You can do them together, by the way. That allows you to carry your firearm in more locations in a concealed fashion. There was an anomaly in the law, a curiosity in the law, a mistake perhaps, I would say, in the law that said you can carry in the capital. That you can. There's no dispute about it. If, let me be clear, you have the enhanced concealed carry, not the ordinary concealed carry. You must have the enhanced concealed carry. But that localities could, it's not that they must, but could restrict you from carrying in City Hall. Well, don't you know every leftist locality put up a sign saying that you can't carry in City Hall. So, Bob Ballinger wrote a bill that is now a law, Act 1098, that says, guess what, folks? You can carry in City Hall if you have an enhanced concealed carry license. So I got in touch with the city attorney in Little Rock. And I said, we're coming up on the date of implementation of Act 1098. That's at the end of the month. It's just before the end of the month, in fact. So um, do you need any help implementing that law? You know, one of the things that Little Rock will have to do is take down that sign out front of the building that says, under no circumstances may you carry a firearm, concealed or otherwise, in City Hall. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Why? Because the law says if you have an enhanced concealed carry license, you may carry in City Hall. So that sign, in a matter of days, will be a lie. A lie. By the way, don't you love it that if you lie, you can get in a lot of trouble. But when the government lies, nobody ever seems to get in trouble. So I got in touch with the uh, city attorney and I, I said, hey, you know, do you need any help with this? You need help um, implementing that law. I mean that sincerely. Uh, if there's any questions as to interpretation or otherwise that I can help with, I remain here available. Indeed, I do this often in many different circumstances. I do it, of course, for people interested in the Freedom of Information Act, uh, one of my areas of focus, expertise, whatever you might want to call it. But I offered for free to the city of Little Rock my advice. Some people say it's worth what they pay for it, right? Nothing. But I'll leave that uh, assessment up to you. So I got an email back from the city attorney. 
And it somewhat surprised me. And I think we're coming up on the bottom of the hour, and maybe I should tease this over to the uh, uh, to the next uh, segment. That is, what did the city attorney of Little Rock tell me when I offered most kindly to take the uh, to to help him implement the law? So I will carry this over uh, to the to the break, and Heidi's going to cut me off in about twelve seconds. Uh, and stay tuned. Because after this break, you will hear what the attorney uh, for the city of Little Rock told me, and it will shock you. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave this Friday morning in the studio with me, of course, as always, is Heidi managing the board and everything else that goes on behind the scenes and sometimes in front of the mic as well. Folks. We've got a big day today. We're talking with uh, Conduit for Action. We're talking with a number of state senators who are the recipients of Conduit for Action's award for conservative bravery in the legislature. And we need more of that. Uh, We really did achieve some great things this past legislative session, but we've got a lot more to do. I want to pick up where I left off before the break. We have a a slightly shorter segment of this quarter of the hour, and then we're going to pick up. Uh, after the quarter uh, break uh, with Kim Hammer calling in at some point. Folks, I was telling you that uh, I contacted the city of Little Rock attorney uh, to discuss the implementation of Act 1098. That's a law written by Bob Ballinger, uh, of course, approved by the legislature, both houses and signed by the governor that says if you have an enhanced an enhanced concealed carry license, you may carry in city hall. That's what it says. The language is a little bit more complicated. I'm a lawyer. I broke it down for you. And the city of uh, of Little Rock attorney told me, oh, I think the best thing for the city of Little Rock to do is to ignore that law. Wait, what? Wait, what? Could you imagine if you told someone, particularly law enforcement, I'm going to ignore the law. I'm just going to do whatever. I'm going to carry concealed without a license. Don't do it, folks. Uh, but could you imagine if you if you... If you just decided to do that, well, you're getting a whole host of problems, whole host of trouble. And the city of Little Rock says, I'm just going to ignore state law. I'm going to pretend that there is no state law that says if you have an enhanced carry license, you can carry in city hall. That's what the city of Little Rock attorney told me the other day. So guess what, folks? You know, my uh, partner and I, uh, my partner being uh, Chris Cor- um, Chris Corbett, um, we uh, share a partnership of sorts in terms of a legal practice. We also maintain our own cases. That's why I say of sorts. Uh, my partner and I go to sue the city of Little Rock. And this is the first public announcement of that forthcoming case. We're going to file suit against the city of Little Rock because the city of Little Rock has decided that it's Cuba. Wait, what? Yes, the city of Little Rock has decided that it's the United Soviet Socialist Republic of Little Rock and they are not going to obey state law. And they are going to prevent you, if you have an enhanced carry license, from carrying your firearm 
in City Hall. Why? Because the leftist bureaucrats decided you have no rights unless they grant them to you, rather than how the law is supposed to be. How's the law supposed to be? That is, you have all the rights granted to you by God and recognized by the U.S. Constitution and the Constitution of Arkansas, as well as being protected from encroachment by government bureaucrats. So we say no. We say no. We will not allow this kind of behavior to continue. It's a new day in Arkansas, folks. That new day is being ushered in through a more conservative legislature and through active representation of private citizens by Robert Steinbuck and Chris Corbett. That's it. We are bringing the law to you because the bureaucrats are trying to take it away. We are bringing freedom to you because the bureaucrats are trying to encroach upon it. We are bringing constitutional conservative values back to Arkansas. Oh, yes, there's always been some, but not enough. And we have said we've had enough. No longer will the leftists dictate to you, as they did in the Soviet Union, to the entrapped people. Now, you will tell the bureaucrats what to do. Remember, elected officials and the bureaucrats that work for them, all of them work for you. And if you don't like what's happening, you can kick the bums out. By the way, if a bunch of bureaucrats aren't doing what they're supposed to do, go up one level to see wherever there's an elected representative. You tell that elected representative. In this case, we're talking about Little Rock. That's the mayor. Call the mayor. And if they don't do what you want them to do, vote against them. Vote against them. Oh, I will actively support primarying Republicans when they don't do the right thing. We talked about how, uh, what is it, um, James Sturch is not conservative. He's a Republican. He ain't conservative. So, folks, what do you think about it? This radio station, of course, has a pretty wide dispersion. We go, well, of course, throughout central Arkansas, throughout Little Rock. Well, we reach Conway and other surrounding areas. If you live in Little Rock and you're listening to this station, well, then you're a conservative. And if you're a conservative, what do you think about the fact that the city of Little Rock wants to take away your Second Amendment rights? With that, we're going to go to break and we'll be back. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave this Friday morning. Folks, um, before we start our call-ins, and um, we will be getting a number of people calling in uh, for the remainder of the show, Chris um, has texted me, and he um, got delayed, so he's going to call in as well, and he'll be on with us as a sort of co-host. If you saw the Jonesboro paper of the other day, and I don't know if you have, people in Jonesboro, of course, listen to us on the app, on the internet. Uh, the signal doesn't reach quite that far, needless to say. That's uh, several hours away from central Little Rock, where we broadcast from, 101.1 FM, The Answer. You will have seen on the front page of the Jonesboro paper, 
that Chris Corbett and I filed a lawsuit on behalf of our clients, two patriotic school teachers who were at the rally on January 6th. They did not go into the Capitol. They did not commit any criminal acts at all, needless to say, perhaps, but I'll say it anyway. But they supported freedom and they supported the president and they're entitled to it. And two lefties decided, at least one and possibly two lefties, seemingly two lefties, decided to pursue a vendetta against these two patriots. And uh, an anonymous packet was sent into the newspaper uh, defaming my two outstanding clients. And then, of course, the school board was contacted uh, and the claim was made, these people can't be around kids. These people are not safe. These people are criminals. The FBI was contacted. The FBI started an investigation. The Department of Education started an investigation all because two leftists decided to squeal lies to law enforcement, etc. It really does remind me of what took place during Nazi Germany. When you, when folks, what did this happen in the Soviet Union too? Go squeal on the neighbors. Go squeal on the neighbors whether or not it's true. And here, a bunch of lies were, to, were told about my patriotic clients. FBI conducted an investigation, came to the conclusion that my patriotic clients did nothing wrong. They were involved in zero wrongdoing. Then we went to the Department of Education here in Arkansas. By the way, they violated the rules in the process. They came out with the right outcome. Ultimately, I'll tell you about that in just a moment, but they violated the rules. What rules did they violate? They started an investigation when there wasn't even a prima facie case that there was something to investigate. That's against the rules. That's against the rules, and they violated the rules. But then they conducted an investigation. And that investigation also showed my clients were clean as a whistle. My clients did nothing wrong. My clients are in the right. And so the Department of Education 100% cleared, 100% cleared my clients. So Chris and I just filed a lawsuit against these defamers as part of their Gestapo tactics of squealing lies to law enforcement about my two patriotic clients. Let me tell you, folks, I'm like a dog on a bone. Try getting it away from me. This lawsuit will go all the way. We're going to go to trial. If we lose, we're going to appeal. And we are going to stay on it. You know, sometimes folks think, oh, you know, I can get rid of these attorneys Lickety split, I'll tell them they're going to have a lot of work to do, or I'll throw them $10 of an offer. It ain't going to work with me, baby. I'm not in it for the money. And I got plenty of time in addition to what I do elsewise. Because I've got what's known as free time as well. And some people watch TV. Some people watch sports. I sue people who abuse the rights of hardworking Americans. That's what I do in my free time. That's what I do for entertainment. I defend the good rights 
of Arkansans, of Americans. And that's what's going to go, that's what's going on. We filed that suit. The defendants are going to be served soon. The sheriff or a comparable will be knocking on their door, handing them a stack of paper, and they're going to have to respond. Let's see what they have to say. That's going to be real interesting. I, I want to mention one aspect of this, uh, and uh, for those who are listening on Facebook, bear with me as you can see. I'm trying to look it up on the phone. They interviewed the, uh, is it the principal or the, um, let's see. Um, uh, oh, I, bear with me, I apologize. Uh, the, uh, um, this guy Russell, I, he's, he's a senior uh, administrator at the school district. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, Valley View Superintendent Brian Russell. So, the newspaper article says, however, Brian Russell, Valley View Superintendent, confirmed to the Sun newspaper in January that the teacher's social media posts violated district policy. These are in conflict with our social media policy. Yes, Russell told the Sun at the time. There are statements there that we don't, that we certainly don't condone and you get to a particular point where I certainly supported these people and their right to do whatever they want to do on their personal time as far as when they travel to the event. We don't do anything with that. But when, but then the social media part of it is certainly in conflict with the school district, with what the school district condones and expects our employees. Say what? Say what? Well, guess what, Mr. Russell? I don't care what you say you condone. You ain't my priest. You ain't my reverend. You ain't my rabbi. You ain't my imam. Who are you to condone or not condone what I'm doing on my free time? Who are you to condone or not condone what these two patriot patriots are doing on their free time? Well, we don't condone that. I'm not looking for you to condone anything. Let me tell you, when a leftist doesn't condone what I'm writing on social media, you know what I believe? I believe that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Some leftist doesn't condone what these two patriots wrote on social media? Amen, brother. Do some more. That's what I say. Write some more. Some leftist doesn't condone it? Do I care? This is what I don't understand. These leftist bureaucrats, not elected by anyone, appointed, appointed to their jobs, sit there in judgment of your personal private lives. Your personal private lives. You know, it's a left that came up with this phrase, hey, um, uh, we're pro-choice. Hey, guess what I'm pro-choice of? I'm pro-choice of you getting to decide your choice of what you write on your social media post. Or what you think inside of your head. What you say to your neighbors, digitally or otherwise. That's what choice I'm in favor of. So I'm pro-choice of free thought. What do you think of that? Not good for the lefties, apparently. Not good for the lefties. Isn't that remarkable? I want to say this fellow's name again, and I already forgot it, because it's so forgettable, because it's so irrelevant, because it's so unimpressive. Brian Russell, Valley View Superintendent, 
Valley View super bureaucrat, Brian Russell, super bureaucrat. He should have a cape and a spandex outfit with a big B on his chest for a bureaucrat. We don't condone what the blah, 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 blah. It's like the teacher on the peanuts. I don't care what you condone, Mr. Russell. Mr. Russell sitting in his polyester twill short sleeve shirt with his tie coming down above his belly button telling me what he condones and what he doesn't condone. I don't care. So, folks, this is what I'm talking about when I say we're fighting for conservative values. Think about this. Think about the Bill of Rights of the U.S. Constitution. The first bill, the First Amendment, freedom of speech. It's actually five separate freedoms buried therein, one of which is freedom of speech. The Second Amendment, right to bear arms. And what does the left do? They ignore both of them. They ignore number one and two. And by the way, three is quartering of soldiers in your home. Not particularly relevant these days. So three doesn't matter. One and two is ignored by the leftists. And only then do we get to fourth, search and seizure. Isn't this remarkable? The left has turned their own philosophy on their heads. Because they used to be all about freedom of speech. The freedom of speech movement was started by liberals, not conservatives. If you're a conservative and you want to say, we started the freedom of speech movement, you would be wrong. But if you're a conservative and you want to say, we are the vanguards, the protector of freedom of speech in the face of a, an assault by leftists today, you would be right. Because the left flipped positions entirely. Why? Because the law is a means to the end for them. They want the outcomes that they want no matter how they get there. So the law is useful to the extent that it's useful. And then when it's no longer useful, they say, oh, we want the opposite now. We want whatever achieves our goals. True conservatives believe in values. Conservatives believe that leftists get to say the nonsense they want to say. Go say it. You can say the shinola that you like to say over and over again. No problem. Say it in a public forum. Say it anywhere you want. Conservatives agree with what the Eighth Circuit, United States Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit, which oversees, amongst other things, Arkansas, said recently in an opinion written by the chief judge who sits here in Little Rock, Levensky Smith, a very good conservative. He said, you get to say F you to the cops. Now, I'm not a big fan of saying F you to the cops. Maybe there's an occasion where there's an errant behavior by a cop, but I'm not a big fan of saying that. But the Constitution guarantees you that right. And I will defend that right because it's not about whether or not I want you to say that to a cop, I want you to have your First Amendment rights. And First Amendment rights mean you get to say the things you want to say, not that I want to say. The First Amendment wasn't designed to protect greeting cards and nursery rhymes. It was designed to protect speech that somebody else doesn't like. That's the whole point. 
if nobody's bothered by the speech, ain't nobody going to object to the speech. That's the difference here. But the left don't care about that. The left wants to defend speech that they like and they want to persecute speech they don't like. And they would throw you behind in jail in a hair's breath if it served their political interests, if it served their desires. And that is just tragic. Tragic. All right, folks, we're going to go to break. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Show. I'm Robert Steinbeck filling in for Dave. We have on the line my co-host Chris Corbett and most importantly our wonderful special guests from Conduit for Action, Joe and Brenda. Joe and Brenda, how are you? Great. Good. How about you, Robert? Well, thank you so much for joining us. Today is really a special day in Arkansas. A Conduit for Action is holding a dinner tonight to celebrate conservative values and I believe a half dozen wonderful conservative legislators. Please, guys, tell us again what Conduit Fraction is and what you all do, how people can get on your website and pay attention to you all and otherwise support you. And then we'll go and we'll talk about the awards dinner today. So first, tell us about Conduit Fraction in general. Well, Robert, Conduit Fraction is an action group to take conservative action at the Arkansas legislature. It's an action committee. Conduit for Commerce is the organization that does the Calvin Coolidge Awards, which is who we're representing today. Got it. Got it. Okay. And uh, and both of those support strong conservative values in Arkansas, right? Primarily, we're interested in economic values. Uh, we believe that without economic freedoms, all other freedoms fall away. Amen. Amen. And what 
are your goals for Arkansas? What do you do with both organizations in terms of trying to uh, support those conservative economic values? Well, we, we think that the federal government primarily is responsible for a coming economic collapse. And I think Arkansas needs strong, conservative, economically conservative legislators in order to withstand what we see as coming uh, a big problem in this country. That's right. And we're here to, to enable them with research, uh, bill analysis, uh, support to make those hard votes to get us back on a positive economic trajectory and make government smaller so that people can thrive in a good economic environment. That's As you know, Robert, good. we have um, several organizations that make up the Conduit family, and one of those is Commerce in Action, which is a, a piece that helps uh, conservative legislators get elected. And we know that the primary season is right here on us. So you said, what are we, what are we hoping to accomplish? Tonight we'll celebrate those conservative votes and those conservative legislators, and we're talking, like Joe said, about economically conservative. And then in the um, – later part of the year, we, we will help support, one of our organizations will help promote and support um, those people staying in office and increasing their numbers. I mean, we're Arkansas needs more economically conservative legislators. Right. One of, it's, it's called the Calvin Coolidge Awards, and if the listeners want to research or revisit Calvin Coolidge, he, he is a good model. And I would like to correct one thing is there's about two dozen, over two dozen legislators that will be given awards tonight. And they had a pretty good last session. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't realize it was that many. That is wonderful that we have the support for so many strong conservative legislators. And I can tell you for one, and I know many people across this state support, support and appreciate what the conduit group is doing, what the umbrella of conduit uh, related organizations is doing to push a conservative uh, economic agenda uh, in this state, because a conservative economic agenda is what allows us all uh, to prosper. Uh, How can folks uh, get in touch with you, you know, find you on the web, find out stories that you cover, information that you share. How can they be members of the Conduit family, in other words? Well, the best starting point would be go to ConduitNews.com. There are literally hundreds, maybe over a thousand now, articles about economic conditions and legislation policy positions in Arkansas. There are dozens of interviews with legislators, a lot of resources, and that's conduitnews.com. If you want to get involved, you can go to Conduit for Commerce. Depending on what you would like to do, what your capabilities are and your level of interest, uh, You know, if you own a business, let's say, and you don't know exactly how to get involved, you're a little bit fearful, of the political process. Uh, Conduit for Commerce is a small business group that collectively pulls resources to elect conservative candidates 
not for something in return, but to be left alone by government. Uh, Conduit for Action is a place you can go to educate yourself on how the legislation or legislative process works and how to get involved and be vocal, possibly can help uh, promote issues, go to the Capitol, uh, talk to legislators, things like that. And then if you're more interested in getting people elected or not elected, you would go to commerce in action. That's wonderful. We're really, we're excited this year. We're celebrating our 10th year. It's hard to believe that we've been around that long. But uh, the nice thing I believe that a lot of people like about Conduit is that we're consistent with our principles. We've, we've not changed. Uh, smaller government is the key to more freedom. And we believe that Arkansas, just like any other state in the United States, will have more freedom, all kinds of freedoms, when we reduce the size of government. And that comes one way, and that's reducing the revenue that goes into the state. And, um, you know, we're excited. This is our fifth um, year or fifth dinner that we've had these celebrations. There are many legislators who uh, will receive their four out of five awards. They've been in in, uh, the legislature that long. It's a very exciting time, and we're so proud of these guys, women, men. um, It's a great day for our state. It's wonderful. Brenda, maybe you can give us a few names. I hate doing this because every time we, we name a few names, we leave off a few names. But maybe you can give us a few names of the folks that you will be giving awards to this evening to demonstrate their wonderful conservative economic values. Well, unfortunately, Robert, you're going to have to go to conduitforcommerce.org and look at the scorecards. Gotcha. And while you're there... Subscribe. Absolutely, I am subscribed, of course. But I think your uh, your your lesson is well taken. Uh, I w- I think all of Dave's listeners should go to uh, Conduit for Action and Conduit News and get on those websites. That I read Conduit News regularly. I've even appeared on Conduit News. It is an outstanding resource for our Kansans to learn about what's going on and. Get a true conservative perspective. And we need more of that. And you guys are the vanguard. You're leading the way in ensuring. We appreciate your work, Robert. Well, well, that's kind of uh, it. Just to, before we're out of time, I, I appreciate the work you've done in the FOIA arena, and our state's better off for it. Well, that's very kind of you, Brenda. I should share with the, uh, the audience that we, uh, that Conduit has been a strong supporter of the Freedom of Information Act. Why? Because that leads to economic freedom. When you know what your bureaucrats are doing with your money, guess what? Better things happen. And that's really the, the issue that we have. The issue is how long are we going to allow the government to dictate to us or are we going to dictate to the government? Unfortunately, time flies so quickly, folks. I wish I could have you on longer, but we're going to do it again another time. And I'm going to see you tonight at the Conduit Dinner, the Commerce Dinner. Uh, and uh, thank you again for everything that you do. And listeners, list, uh, go on to Conduit News. And after this break, we will be back. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbeck filling in for Dave this Friday morning on the air. My co-host is Chris Corbett. Chris, how are you? And we have... I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. Please join in. We're doing you remotely today. And we have on for this segment... Senator Alan Clark. Alan, how are you, my friend? 
I'm great, Rob. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's a, a particularly special day, I think, because of the Coolidge Awards being given out by the Conduit Group. And you are one of the recipients because you are, and there's no doubt about this, a true conservative. And I am happy to report that the legislature is increasingly moving in a conservative direction, but we are far from a fully conservative legislature, as you well know. And so tell us, what are your thoughts going forward with the legislature? What would you like to see most happen uh, in the next session, shall we say? Uh, I'm still uh, still in this session, Rob. Well, fair um, enough. <laughs> um. The oh, there's little things like uh, uh, I would like to uh, see us do something about uh, uh, impeding traffic in the left lane <laughs> that'll make some people happy and uh, not others. Uh, the um, it, you know the state police and others just recently you know announced a crackdown on speeding uh, because of uh, a higher accident rate and higher fatalities, uh, which is. Uh, a good thing, but they also put out on their Facebook page and their website, and I'm glad they do, that the the bigger reason for accidents and fatalities percentage-wise is uh, ch- lane change, and the biggest reason for lane change is impeding traffic in the left lane, and yet we never have a crackdown on that, uh, on the bigger problem, uh, which makes no sense. Indeed. Uh, so uh, I would uh, like to see something uh, done there. Uh, I would like to deal with um, how climate change is being taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a bill written, uh, may be controversial, uh, may, uh, if, if allowed, I don't know what the rules will be for bringing uh, bills up when we come back in, uh, but um, that would allow schools to teach anything they wanted to teach uh, on climate change, but we would proclaim a, they could proclaim a climate change education week. Uh, but uh, it would require it to either be during August or any week that they were playing a rival, uh, their main rivals and uh, the two most popular sports that they have, which would generally be football or basketball and an away game. And during that week, you couldn't have any climate control in the school, which means no AC. Um, uh, so that we can teach children more about what we're talking about. Um, you know, we're always talking about other people's sacrifice and, and also no extracurricular activity. So we can talk about the, the carbon footprint of driving buses all over the state for football games and basketball games and uh, baseball, et cetera, because uh, we really never drive home really what it is that, that, these people on the left really want them to give up. Alan, you bring up such an important point, if I can intervene just for a moment. Such an important point, how the left uses our schools as indoctrination centers. They indoctrinate on climate change. I think there are things they can teach about the climate. Uh, They use it as an indoctrination center with this new CRT, this critical race theory studies. Right. Where they say, to be clear, they're not saying, hey, by the way, there are some different thoughts out there. There was uh, communism. It was bad. But this is what they said. There was Nazism. It was bad. This is what they said. That's not how they're teaching critical race theory. They're teaching critical race theory 
as a method of indoctrination. And this scares the heck out of me. Tell me what you think about this. Yeah, well, and and CRT is even uh, more, I, I, boy, they're both so important. Uh, the CRT and the climate change That's indoctrination right. that, we're, that we're doing in a bad way. Uh, the climate change, uh, you know, really struck home with me because I, I was up at the lake sitting around a campfire every night in June. Huge campfire. Uh, I said Wonderful. 15 foot back, you know, because right. June. Right. <laughs> you know, and being being preached to by a 14 year old about climate change and that, you know, you got to listen to the scientists. And I'm like, you know, what scientist? And what's well, the scientist? You've got the, you know, they, you know, while, while, they're, while they're living in a travel trailer with the AC going full blast all day, every day, we're sitting around a campfire in June. Uh, and the, you know, a lot of times I say the AC is going full blast in the, the travel trailer. Sometimes the doors and windows are wide open while that's going on. We're, you know, going up and down the lake in a boat. Uh, and meanwhile, they're at their home. Also the AC and the water heater are going full blast or they're not even there. And we're preaching about climate change. And this fact that we've got Greta and all these kids all worked up and we're not even telling them anything practical uh, that they should be doing. Like, why, why don't we go to intramural sports instead of driving buses all over the, the – now, uh, keep in mind, that's not what – I don't believe in man-made climate change. So Understood. That's not what I would do. But if you do believe in it, let's get real. If we got to do something by 2030, if that's what we're going to work these kids up, then let's let's get down to business and show them what they really need to be doing uh, in practicality, and then CRT is just teaching racism. Uh, it, it, it's it's sowing the seeds of racism. The very, you know, I'm a, a pro, probably an odd conservative, I'm a lifetime member of the NAACP, and uh, this just astounds me uh, that we could that anyone could be uh, trying to uh, put this in kids' minds. It's really remarkable how. We've sort of reversed what's going on in the world, right? It used to be that, hey, we should look at pe- people for their moral worth, what they think and what they say. And we're not concerned what the color of their skin is one way or the other. That's the whole point. That was the movement away from racism. And now theories yeah. like CRT are asking us to do the opposite. Yeah, that, 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 that this is what somebody is because of the color of their skin. Just, yeah, it's, it's insane. Uh, and of course, parents don't know what's happening, uh, and and often legislators, uh, often it's hid from us, Rob. Uh, and um, so, and the, you know, the crazy thing is, most of our teachers in Arkansas are conservative, mm-hmm. uh, and so a lot of time it's it's snuck in in us by them. A lot of times, the reason we find out is because of them. Sometimes it's parents, but sometimes it's teachers that let us know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. I, a, f- a friend of mine. Uh, is a civilian uh, contractor, no, civilian employee of the Air Force. And he there's a teaching module that they had uh, teaching about, um, what's it, this uh, structural racism or some of these other largely made-up concepts, by the way. And it, it shows a black couple going to get a loan. It's a political cartoon, basically. But this is what they're teaching. The federal government. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and the uh, and the person at the desk says, "Oh well, you've got to go talk to the loan officer." And then the next frame shows the door of the loan officer, and inside the room, uh, with the door cracked open, you see the loan officer in a KKK outfit. That's what they're teaching people. 
that loan officers are a bunch of uh, racists. They're members of the KKK. And we're going the wrong direction. As I, you know, Jen and I traveled a little bit this summer, and you know, the, you know, as you run into people, uh, whether it's locally or traveling, uh, black and white, etc. For the most part, we get along extremely well. Of course. Uh, and the, you know, we uh, were headed to Tennessee for a conference and left late at night and took a uh, missed our exit in Memphis. And uh, so I tried to took another exit trying to fix that and it came up on a car two in the morning. Uh, Jenna, we were stoplight and I said, what's that? car doing over there with the hatchback open and as I, I came by it it was a young black man with a uh, spare tire laying out there beside the car and uh, I pulled in in front of him and turned my flashers on she said you're not stopping are you well she's you know she's lived with me 40 plus years she should have known <laughs> that, that I was stopping and you know we got out and uh you know he had been there all night uh, he obviously had not changed a flat before right and the, the, the tools they give you in a car now are not oh, they're terrible Terrible. And uh, the... Alan, we're we're wrapping up quickly, but just give us the end of the story, which is clear that you went out and helped this young individual. Am I right? But but of course I did. They did. And and they would... And, you know... He would have done the same thing. Exactly. Alan, I'm going to have to cut you off. I apologize. It's never enough time. You're a great American. You're a great Arkansan. We're going to see you tonight. God bless. Thanks for having me, Rob. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave this Friday morning. On the line with us is Chris Corbett and our special friend, of course, Dan Sullivan. And unlike the previous segments, I don't want to do no talking. So, Chris, start asking Dan some questions. Uh, and, Dan, what do you got to say? There's my opening, guys. What's going on? Well, thank you for the deference. I'm getting able to talk. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on right now, Robert. Of course, we appreciate uh, the effort you and Chris make, especially for the two teachers up there in northeast Arkansas that uh, y'all are supporting. Just uh, bless you for doing that and taking the opportunity to stand up for freedom. You know, I guess the most important thing I'd like to say right now, Robert, is, you know, we're facing this uh, um, vaccine issues, you know, BVAX, the vaccine passports. Uh, masks in schools, and we're getting a lot of feedback from uh, people, parents on both sides of the issue, but particularly on the side to say, well, schools ought to be able to have some local control. I don't know if people realize it or remember, but they can look up. We actually uh, ran a resolution in Jonesboro and multiple schools in Craighead County back during the, uh, during the, the mandates for schools. We ran that requesting local control for our schools and for our cities. It was called the Freedom Proposal, and it went around the state, and it got absolutely no support from school boards, superintendents, city councils, quorum courts. Nobody stepped up for local control. And now all of a sudden we have uh, leading Democrats in the state who are publishing and sending a letter around requesting local control. Where were they back when the governor said, I'm going to make all the decisions all the time as long as I want to? You know, I think you guys worked with us in a, in a lawsuit we filed, didn't you? Oh, yes. Yeah. And it said, we want some local control. Well, where were the Democrats then? They were nowhere to be found. 
And now all of a sudden, and now they're favoring local control. Well, I suggest they pull up that freedom resolution and let's work on that freedom resolution together where the people control. And of course, guys, what's the, the, mo- the most efficient form of local control is individuals making decisions for themselves. Okay, I made my statement. I'll let y'all react. Ha! Well, that's as local, local as it gets, right? And, you know, uh, Chris, uh, why don't you talk a little about uh, the point that Dan raised with our lawsuit uh, defending the rights of these two patriots up there in Jonesboro? Chris, t- you know, talk about the lawsuit a little bit. You bet. So we filed a, a 50-page lawsuit defending these two patriots that are teachers up there, and um, they needed help. And it was brought to our attention that uh, they had been defamed and slandered online, um, called criminals. And this new term I saw, hatreds, um, that um, just for attending a, a rally, the Trump rally. And uh, so we've come to their aid and um, we're going to we're going to have it explored and ruled in their favor in court. That's how it's going to end up. And what this, the message is what we're promoting here uh, is one. To have rights, you have to enforce your rights. And we need freedom of speech. Um, It was on the uh, uh, front page of the Jonesboro Sun, and I saw the superintendent comment about how they had potentially violated some sort of made-up policy about them posting on social media. Ain't that amazing? That right there. Yeah, that right there. People should come up out of their chair and throw their arms up. And the New York Times, some of the New York Times, it, the freedom of speech, you have the right to say something. And you don't have to say it calmly and meekly. Um, you can get excited about it. And just don't pick up a rock and throw something, right? Pick up a rock and break something. So, um, uh, yeah, this individualism, this freedom, what you've been promoting uh, Dan, it's just fantastic. And it's so bizarre to me when, when you just told me that about the Democrats. They weren't in favor of it then, but now, or they're not in favor of local control, but now they want some local control. It seems to me yeah, that's another cutting off the nose to spike their face, right? So, uh, yeah, they're going to come back around and want local control, especially with this Delta virus coming on and the King King Hutchinson down there is going to um, be dictating from his lofty chair of how we're going to wear masks or not wear masks. Or uh, it's going to be interesting to see how 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 this next school year comes out. And um, I, I hope people get to make local decisions and not just dictated from from a chair in Little Rock. You know, guys, the uh, friend of mine, Phil Fletcher in uh, Conway, had a great post. He said, at what point do the people say no to government mandates? You know, the problem that we had when the governor uh, made the mandates, that there was no end to it. He made every mandate, and there were no limits, according to their attorney. There were no limits as to what he could do during an emergency and no limit to the time on how long he could do that. So when we talk about, well, we need masks in schools, how far does that go? And when do we say no? Is it on the athletic field that they don't have to wear them when they're outside playing? Are they five years old, six years old, eight years old? At what point do masks become harmful to kids? You know, we have several studies out there that said masks can be harmful to kids, especially with kids that have 
other health issues. So when we give the government and people say, well, I want the, the um, schools to have control, as soon as we give control to the government, we're headed down a very difficult path. And I think the legislation, Act uh, 1002, is good legislation. And I'll tell you the other thing, guys, that our, your listeners need to be aware of is Act 1030, which says the state cannot provide, uh, have vaccine passports in government uh, institutions, including the schools, mm -hmm. which means when the football coach says, look, you're going to have to be vaccinated or you're going to be quarantined, that's requiring a passport, uh, and they cannot do that. That law takes effect uh, July 28th. So what the schools are saying right now is we're going to quarantine you. If you come into close contact, uh, you know, that, they'll be in violation of the law, in my opinion, and you attorneys can speak up. I agree. In my opinion, they will violate the law uh, July the 28th when they ask that question. Yeah, I agree with you. And this is really an issue where you see bureaucrats trying to get around the law. I spoke about earlier on the show, Dan, I don't know if you had tuned in by then, where I did. Right, where I contacted the uh, city of Little Rock about a new law written by Bob Ballinger, passed, of course, by the legislature and signed by the governor, saying that people can carry uh, with enhanced carry license in City Hall, and uh, the city attorney of Little Rock said, well, I, I don't think we should follow that law. Well, if yeah. that's their position, uh, Chris and I are suing. Next week! Next week! So, we're just tired yeah, of these bureaucrats. Go ahead, my friend. I called, uh, I talked with uh, uh, one of the people in the Depart Arkansas Department of Health and re referenced a letter from the Arkansas Activities Association that laid out a, a policy that we believe, you and I believe, I'm, I'm imagine Chris agrees with us, will violate the law as of July 28th. And I asked for clarification. I said, if this is not correct, then, you know, come out with the guidance. And so far, that guidance hasn't changed. So I'm uh, anxious to hear what the state is going, going to do um, they're about, if they're uh, not following that policy. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, we, we've got about a minute. Ooh, Dan, I wanna, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, Chris. I want to talk to you more about the Arkansas Activity Association. They are a little kingdom and fiefdom of their own. I get numerous calls about them, about transferring their kids from private schools to public schools and having to set out a year and can't play football and basketball. They skirt the law a lot. That's interesting. Um, and. And uh, what you're saying, so now what they may be doing is, is lining up with this with this uh, government mandates that are against the law. I w I'd love to talk to you more about that. Guys, we're going to uh, go to a break in, in, in about half a minute, maybe a little less. You guys can stay on. Ben Gilmore is going to come join us. Uh, so we'll give him the mic for a little bit of time. But would love for you all yeah. to stay on if you can. If you can't, by all means. Uh, and we'll continue this conversation in what is the last segment. Is that right, Heidi? The last segment. Man, this show goes fast. Of the Dave Ellsworth Show. i drop off, guys. Okay. Thanks. Dan, thanks for joining us. We're going to see you tonight at the award ceremony for being a great conservative. You are a great conservative and a great American, and we appreciate you being on the show with us today. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave this Friday morning. This is the last segment here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. We have on the line, of course, my co-host, Chris Corbett, and our very special guest, Ben Gilmore. Ben, senator, of course, uh, in the state of, state senator uh, in the Arkansas legislature. Ben, how are you today? 
I am great, Rob. And first of all, I just want to say, you know, good morning to all your listeners. But, Rob, thank you for what you do and uh, standing up for the First Amendment. I mean, you have you are a consistent conservative voice in Arkansas, and and I appreciate that. So I just wanted to reiterate that for all of your listeners. So I appreciate you. Well, it's very, very kind of you to say, and it's only uh, through the leadership provided by people like you that I am able to do what I do, and I do it, of course, in concert with my partner, Chris Corbett. So we uh, appreciate what you do, and we appreciate that you appreciate what we do. And now that we've <laughs> congratulated each other, uh, but it's it's heartfelt. It really is. Uh, it is. Ben, what do you want to see going forward in the legislature? What are your priorities? What do we need to get done? We've gotten a lot of good things yeah. done, and we well, some things well, not going. Yeah, and we have, and, and I actually, and I do have some, some I think, very important priorities. But I, I want to, real quick, if I may, yes, recap the, the, the session. Because Fantastic. I think it's important for, for your listeners to understand how far we've come. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'm the first Republican elected in my seat in Southeast Arkansas. Wow, that's huge! Wow, and and so what what that has meant in the legislature is well, you got myself, you got Senator Charles Beckham from Magnolia. Charles is great, conservative, brand new. Uh, yeah, Charles is awesome. Two brand new conservatives in the legislature, and what we were able to accomplish, and not just us, but working with obviously the folks, our colleagues that you've had on this morning, and you know protecting protecting kids from liberal ideology that basically contradicts everything that we believe from what Scripture tells them, that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, but but now filling their head with ideology that basically they can go and do whatever they want with their body and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm talking about obviously the transgender movement, but also, you know, in defending life, also standing up for the First Amendment, uh, standing up for the Second Amendment, the fact that, you know, we got a stand your ground law passed, um, it took a while for us to get there, but oh, yeah. that. And so these are these are things that ought to encourage uh, conservatives throughout the state. Uh, you know, pushing back on a lot of the uh, government overreach that we saw over the last year. Um, you know, things that that you know we as conservatives just you know we don't believe we inherently don't believe and we value personal liberty. And so we had to stand up for some of these things. And I know I'm speaking a little more generally, but, you know, and I'm happy at some point to come back and talk more specifically on different things. But my point in saying all that is your listeners and and folks in my district need to be encouraged uh, by what we accomplished. And uh, and I'm proud to be a part of the legislature. But going forward, you know, we still got a lot of work to do, Rob. Um, You know, I've I want to see us get more competitive on a uh, business and taxation front. Um, you know, we got to keep moving the income tax down. We need to get to zero income tax. Uh, I believe that we can do there, get there and do it more quickly. Um, you know, I've got a bill uh, with Representative Howard Beatty um, that would make us more competitive uh, very quickly. Um, and this bill, it just it's very simple. All it does is is mirror federal depreciation tables. Right now, you know, with folks in Arkansas, you have to keep a separate depreciation table for uh, the state of Arkansas and one for federal. That's costing uh, business owners and farmers uh, and folks all across the state money because they're having to keep two tables uh, when it comes to depreciation. You know, that's just, 
it, it's mind-boggling that some of the things that we require that we do in Arkansas that puts people at a competitive disadvantage. That's just one bill. That's one thing that hopefully we can address uh, going forward in um, you know future sessions. Hopefully, you know, I'd like to see that happen, and I don't know if it will, but I'd like to see that happen when we come back this fall and do redistricting. The other thing is, and I know that I'm I'm speaking with a lot of my colleagues. We've got to address the CRT issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to address what's being infused into the minds of young people um, with a liberal uh, agenda. Um, but we we have to address that. And and I'm not sure 100% what that looks like. But I'm sure that we can get to a spot working with you know my colleagues and and good folks like you um, to help us uh, get to a place where. You know, and I was talking to an educator this week, teach the facts. That's right. Teach the facts, right? You know, we want to talk about uh, the Civil War and slavery in America. Teach it. Slavery was bad. We all agree with that. That's right. Teach that. But don't put your liberal spin on it and don't put your agenda and your opinions with it. Teach the facts. That's exactly right. School is supposed to be. Uh, about learning. It's not supposed to be about indoctrination. And the left sees it as a vehicle for indoctrination, and they've been using it uh, for that for years, uh, somewhat undiscovered. And we are starting to realize... And they've been doing it well. Yes. You know, if you you look... And this is what's a little bit scary. If you look at, um, you know, at at all the different levels that they... (laughs) that they do indoctrinate, even, as you know, Rob, on a... a, um, uh, higher ed mm-hmm. level, um, it, it is a it is a serious issue, um, and it's it is one that we can no longer turn a blind eye to. Or, uh, and and I'm not saying that we we've you know intentionally ignored it, but um, the reality is we've not paid enough attention to it. That's right. We've talked about this before on the Dave Ellswick Show that I volunteered to teach constitutional law at the law school now that the one professor who teaches both a day and night class, which is unusual, usually they split that, uh, who's, who was a, not only supporter of Bill Clinton, but uh, uh, very um, supportive of him during the impeachment process and outspoken in that regard. Uh, he's retiring. Uh, and I said, why don't I teach it? Uh, you know when the last time they had a conservative teach it? Never. Never. That's the last time they had a conservative teach it. And you know when? Exactly. And you know what they've told me so far, Ben? Uh, no, you're not going to get to teach it. They said, uh, at least for some time, and then maybe we'll put a rotation in which you're so... And even then, not promising me that I'd get to teach it. But in other words, every mechanism so that I can't teach it. I should be the primary one teaching constitutional law uh, um, in the law school because they have no diversity of thought across higher education in America. And that's just one example Absolutely. of it. So, yeah. Well, you know, and going forward, I think, you know, things that, that I want to put a priority on are, are you know, uh, things that will put more value on individual liberty, things that will, uh, you know, give more, give, give parents the right to, to choose what's best for their kids, right, on, on every level, mm-hmm. from, from a health level to an education level, right? Um, and so that's, those are things that, you know, we've, we've moved the ball forward in the last session, We've got to continue to do it. But, you know, the reality is, and, and what I think most of your listeners understand, um, is, you know, we haven't been in control in a long, you know, for a very long time in the state. I mean, I just mentioned that I, I'm the first Republican to hold the seat that I'm holding in southeast Arkansas. That's right. We've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of things that, that we have to fix from 140, you know, some odd years 
of uh, leadership going the other direction, right? That's right. Um, and so, and we're going to continue to do that. And I'm I'm so uh, honored and humbled to serve with the colleagues that I'm serving with. There are some great, great conservatives, many of whom you've had on uh, the show this morning, and and they they love Arkansas, they love Liberty, and I, I just look forward to continue to work with them. Well, and we love you, Ben, uh, having you in the legislature, another great conservative. Thank you for re- being a great Arkansan and a great American. Thank you, Chris Corbett, engineer and attorney, for being with us. Sorry we didn't give you enough time to talk. Sometimes I monopolize yeah, yeah, what's going sorry, on. Uh, thank you all. Thank you, Heidi, for uh, running the board. Uh, and we will see you next week. God-